Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman, and we have a duo up next, Irina Shestakova and Olivier Philippe, co-founders of Criter USA. Welcome to Radio Entrepreneurs. Hi. Well, Hi, thank, you. thank you. Glad to be here. Excellent to have you on. So tell us a little bit about Criter, what it is that you do. Uh, Criteur USA is a branch of Criteur, uh, which is a Czech company with a tradition of um, crystal growing uh, about 80 years, almost 80 years now. And um, we grow synthetic crystals that are used in um, high-tech applications, radiation detectors, lasers, um, high-intensity light sources. And um, we are trying to promote our technology here in the US where we are less known. Um, in Europe, we are number one company in volume of sales for um, electron microscopy um, and uh, large scientific experiments and um, uh, CERN and ITER. Um, and we're trying to uh, um, collaborate here with um, um, scientific groups that would be interested in our advanced technology. So, so tell us a little bit about it because uh, something that struck me when you first introduced it, you talked about grow our crystals. So you're actually growing crystals in a lab that goes into the application? Yes, the crystals are actually grown. Just like you can imagine um, salt crystals growing on a string and a salty water. It's the exactly the same process, and uh, the crystal starts with a simple a little seed, and uh, um, it takes a few weeks, sometimes a few months, to grow a large crystal. And then those are, are used within the light sources or as light sources, the crystals themselves, and they're used in different applications? So some crystals, yeah, the, the property, crystalline uh, structure is very interesting, right? When you have a medium that's uniform, you have very nice property that, uh, that are not attenuated like in normal media. So some of these crystals can be used for radiation detection. So they convert the energy of the radiation like X-ray, gamma ray, and convert it into visible light that can be detected. But you can use the same principle to generate the light. Right, so here you excite it with uh, a blue laser, and this energy is going to be converted within the crystal into visible light. And since these crystals have very good thermal property, they can evacuate heat, they can handle a lot of uh, power. So they can be very, very bright in a very, very small package. Interesting. So, so you're um product, if you will, I guess it's essentially a product, the crystals that you grow and the, and the light that you develop within it is integrated into other um, uh, end products, correct? It's a component, right. essentially. So yeah. uh, conceptually, um, you know, how do you demonstrate that in different applications? Is that a challenge to, uh, to, to show manufacturers how they can use it within? I, I know the company is very well established in, in uh, Europe, um, but how do you know, getting people's heads around how to use the technology. Is that uh, something that's been a, a, a learning process for you? It's a little bit difficult, uh, especially here in the US where we don't have much of a presence. So we first have to, and this year was difficult because there were no trade shows, no conferences. So we had to do a lot of things remotely. Uh, but yes, you have to show that your, your product, and you know, I can talk about laser crystals, for example, are um, some formulations are somewhat standard, so you have to offer your formulation. 
But what is specific to the products that we make is, you know, how well they, they will perform. So there's slight variation in the way the crystal is grown, the formulation, you add a few different chemicals, and they can perform at least as well as the best crystals you can find. And in some conditions, depending on what kind of laser design you have, they can actually perform uh, 10 to 15% better. So, but, so we're trying to, to promote it by at least have the clients try them. So we have an offer where we can uh, sell a crystal for them to try. And if, if they're not satisfied, they, they can return it. I mean, we do charge a premium for this uh, extra performance, but in some application, it really makes a difference for the application. So here it's for medical applications. For example, they're used in the hair removal, tattoo removal, skin rejuvenation, et cetera, et cetera. But so we do Given that it's an organic uh, matter that's uh, involved in, in, in creating these crystals, what's the life cycle? So it's not organic matter. They're uh, oxides, right? So they're uh, rare, rare earth oxides. They are grown at 2,000 degrees, some of them, so they're extremely stable. And if the crystal is very uniform, very pure, without any um, chemical impurities, they can handle a lot of power, a lot of energy, without really ever degrading. Maybe I can wow. give an analogy. You know about um, uh, diamonds, right? Um, and you know also about that diamonds can be grown in the lab, can be synthetic uh, diamonds. Same with our crystals. They are just like sapphire, ruby that we grow in the lab. Uh, and we find application in technology, but they also can be, um, uh, you know, these are the crystals. I don't know if you can see them. They just... Um, look like rubies or sapphires or some other jewelry gemstones, hmm. but they found applications in the, uh, in science, just like diamonds. They have applications in science and they have applications in jewelry. So these are crystals that exist in uh, uh, nature, but we just grow them uh, in controlled uh, scientific way. And there are plenty of companies in the US that use crystals, synthetic crystals. We just have to find the ones that are not happy with the performance of the crystals and their instruments, because we believe that we have superior technology. Um, our company, before it became a private company, was a research institute in Czech Republic um, that was um, had a lot of brain power, a lot of um, know-how, a lot of um, research and technology put into it. And then um, when the Soviet Union fell apart and um, um, many companies and institute, research institutes were privatized, um, the company was privatized and turned into a very successful commercial company. And um, Olivier and myself, we traveled to Czech Republic for our previous job. Um, for last 12 years and we got to know this company. And one day we were talking to each other and we said, this is a company that we um, admire. And if one day we have a company, we would like to have a company just like that because it's, it's not only um, technologically advanced company and put a lot of emphasis in research and development, but they also put a lot of um, emphasis on um, um, letting their employees to 
thrive and succeed. Um, they um, promote their development and also they take good care of them. There is a kindergarten, there is a cafeteria um, to uh, attract people to the area, which is a beautiful area near Prague. They even uh, provide free housing for first wow. few uh, years to um, make sure that uh, you know young people, single people who can't afford to buy a housing, they have a nice housing. So it is very uh, employee-oriented company, and we were and they provide free lunch, free breakfast. Uh, so when we uh, learned about this company, we said that we want to do something like that in the U.S. We want to have a company that is a collaborative experience where people work together on one purpose and they take care of each other and they respect each other. And that's what we are working on. So, so your U.S. operation that you've developed, how much, um, how much does it mirror, uh, you know, obviously on a smaller scale, the, the parent company? Uh, are you, do you have, you have labs in the U.S., you have scientists in the U.S., or is a lot of the R&D happen in Europe and you're mostly sales and distribution in, in the U.S., or, or do you have a, a full complement, or are you, is that the plan to build a full team in the U.S.? Yes, we are, the, the goal is to have a full mirror of the Czech company and maybe even grow bigger uh, because we believe the U.S. market is bigger than the European market. Right now, it's uh, just mostly sales and distributions, but we also, because we are both physicists and um, uh, or engineers, we uh, participate in a lot of uh, discussions with our clients, offering them better solutions sometimes people who come to us they don't have a sol uh, solution they have a problem and they don't want to just buy a part they want uh, um they also want, they need help to design the part that they need and that's where we come in we help them design and we have um, uh, the help of all our team in the czech republic if you have some concepts we can uh, they can implement it and they can make drawings and they can try it out and uh, that's how we work we consider ourselves a part of the czech team but also we would like to build more on um, here on their local talent that's the reason we um, opened our branch in massachusetts we located between mit and boston university and boston college and so we want to use the brain power to build a company here so the, the interesting part about the company first it's it's called vertically integrated right we control everything from the the science to production and also the all the engineering around the device we don't just sell crystals but we sell fully assembled detection units light sources um, we can do laser heads also radiation detectors uh, microscopy detector so there, there are many many aspects the, the sales here in the US provide some financial base, right? Some revenue for us to operate. And uh, with this, we have time to develop a research associations. So we, we work with research centers here, like our uh, partners work in Europe with very big uh, entities on fairly large projects. And that helps us get uh, recognition, get contacts and, and expand our, uh, our capabilities. So on the side, yes, we do work with some, uh, some research centers here in the U.S. on their detector projects or, or others, and also, of course, private companies on their projects. 
So given that um, you're essentially a startup in, in the U.S., uh, part of a, a large uh, a European enterprise, um, what were some of the challenges that you encountered along the way? If we're about entrepreneurs, but you're clearly entrepreneurs uh, making a foray into the U.S. What are some of the challenges that you encountered along the way uh, that perhaps you didn't think would be as much of a challenge as, as they've turned out to be? And I imagine in the midst of a pandemic, it's made things even more challenging. As you say, you haven't been able to attend trade shows, you haven't uh, it's, it's, it's more challenging to get your product in people's hands so they can actually see it uh, in real time. And, and so what, what are some of the lessons that you've learned or some of the things that you would impart upon us uh, having gone through it? Well, it was we probably were very naive when we started the company because we never uh, we never had a business before. So we probably thought, well, we just uh, open a branch and uh, start a website and the orders will start coming in. But that was not the case. <laughs> we had to work really hard to uh, introduce, to put ourselves in front of uh, companies that need our products. And uh, we had to figure out the way because all the conferences and trade shows that we were supposed to go to were canceled or turned into virtual shows. And that, of, of course, it doesn't have the same impact. Um, but we tried to utilize it as much as possible. We attended all the conferences that we could, um, and um, we used LinkedIn a lot to uh, uh, just get in touch with people who design products in their companies. And um, what helped us uh, actually the, the network of uh, Massachusetts entrepreneurs, we uh, ran accidentally into a mass innovation network and they organized the introduction for us and we were able to present our technology. Also, state of Massachusetts helped us with a startup. They told us, well, you need to have a um, capability statement. You need to uh, get a cage number or you have to classify your business. So, and, and that help was available for free. And that was, was great. We, we, didn't, we were not aware of all the things that needed. And now they, they told us, oh, you need a W... Uh, um, nine form. We didn't know what it is, and of course, every time we started uh, getting orders, they, everyone asked us for W nine form. So we didn't know about all the mechanics. So it's, being physicists, we just thought, okay, the product is great, and people will recognize it and get it. But we didn't know that there are uh, there is a lot of uh, administrative work behind it. it so. If you build it, they will come, but it's not that simple, right, <laughs> so, right. especially during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to get into, we could probably have a whole show talking about regulatory issues in this country versus Europe and some of the challenges there. But I, I want to um, try and if you can, because your product is so broad and so many different applications, what are the top markets, if you want, three or five markets that you focus on um, to try and bring your product to those markets? What, what are they? In Europe, our largest market is electron microscopy. We build detectors for electron microscopy. We don't have any customers here in the US. No one knows us. Um, there are other suppliers. So we would like to get into that um, uh, market. Um, our crystals for radiation detectors and lasers are more known. They're well known in Europe, uh, but um, and they somewhat known in the US, but we want to focus on promoting them more. And um, um, it's interesting, we had a conversation with uh, people from MIT and they 
said, we've never heard of your companies. We use these products all the time, but we never heard of your company because it's uh, our products sold and resold. And uh, But now we are here and we are, we, are, we are to let people know that we are available directly to buy products from us and not only buy products, but we can design products for application. And uh, we want to be more interested in those niche application and development for um, uh, our customer needs. We're interested in scientific collaborations, but it's not something you take off the shelf and uh, anyone can do it. Any there are large companies that grow a large volume. We're smaller, medium business size company, and. Um, we're interested in something where we can apply our brains, our um, expertise, our experience, and uh, help design something new for some new applications. And that's what we are trying to uh, get into, so that to become known as a company that works on specific solutions for some difficult problems. So Excellent. one of our yeah, big market is um, electron microscopy. So it's the one you can imagine in a lab. So we can make detectors that make uh, you know, different measurements. There are different types of detectors, but also for big industrial companies. The semiconductor industry, for example, is a very, very big uh, customer where they, they inspect their wafers and they, they can also repair them with electron beams. So they have specific electron microscopes and we make detect custom detectors for those. So these have to be custom made. Yeah, one detail we, we need to emphasize, to emphasize is that most of our products are, are custom made. It's not like you have a store and you have all these parts and they're generic. Very few are, but most of them are custom made. There's and no the catalog, other, no catalog, so to speak. <laughs> uh, they're, cata they're catalogs, but they're gener general, right? They, they describe the, 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 the crystals, the generic properties, but you have to specify the length, the size, the optical coatings, and the application for which you want to use it because our scientists will help uh, customize the product for the application. And that's how, you know, in, in laser products, so we, we have a big market for medical applications, for example, but also for the, the high power laser applications like military uh, and such. And the differentiation is really how perfect your, your laser material can be because they push it all the way to the limit of the power it can handle. Excellent. Fascinating stuff. Our guests on Radio Entrepreneurs have been Irina Shestakova and Olivier Philippe, co-founders of Kreiter USA, a well-known European company, Kreiter. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you and learn more about your products uh, what's the best and services, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, you have the logo behind us. It's uh, the company is called Cretor, C-R-Y-T-U-R. And our website is uh, cretor-usa.com. And you'll find all the contacts. Excellent. It's been a pleasure having you on uh, Radio Entrepreneurs. Uh, again, our guests are Irina Shestakova and Olivier Philippe, co-founders of Cretor. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on Radio Entrepreneurs. Thank you very much. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Pleasure. Great, and we'll be right back with another story on Radio Entrepreneurs.